Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 52 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Now, with my fellow calls today, we got a big crew today. Uh, Kendrick, introduce yourself, man. How you doing, guys? I'm Kendrick, you know, back at it here. Absolutely. Chris, introduce yourself, man. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Let's have a good episode. Absolutely. Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, fellas? How's it going? Big facts. Lodge, introduce yourself, man. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Big facts. Mara, introduce yourself, man. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, introduce yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be with you. It sure is, and uh, thanks a lot for everyone tuning in and watching our uh, watching our podcast episodes. We have been uh, getting back to that, and we're going to start being more consistent. Everyone is else has a lot of activities outside their lives besides this, but we are grateful and very appreciative of you guys taking the time to listen to us. So with that being said, we will be going straight. It's the NFL episode today, and we're going to address some uh, some very serious topics before we get into the NFL overall. It, it pertains to John Gruden. I'm sure many of you as sports fan, or if you aren't a sports fan, uh, you guys are aware that he made some very insensitive comments, very strong, hateful comments that, you know, uh, it is, is something that it's a mistake that you can't take back. Uh, you know, some that you will be looked at differently, especially when it comes to your peers, the players you coach and for him at his position to be making those type of comments um, is just no apology that could wash that away. And it's just disheartening to know that with his, uh, with his platform and his status, uh, you know, he's saying such insensitive remarks, but I want to swing this off to Chris and, and let the guys give off their own opinions and thoughts on, on that particular matter. Go ahead, Chris. All right. I'm going to do my best not to make this too long. I'm going to do my best. So I looked at this from two different perspectives. And I'm saying with John Gruden um, resigning or being fired, I feel like he was fired, but it said resigned. Um, I looked at this from the comments he made and from his uh, football activities. So I'm going to start with football activities first. So I remember when the Raiders signed John Gruden to a 10-year, $100 million contract. And I don't know what coach – should be making that kind of money unless you're Bill Belichick, maybe. And I remember at the time I was saying that if we give a coach this money, we need to, I need to see some improvement immediately. Like I need to see some Super Bowl contending immediately almost. And if you look at the activities he just did afterwards, starting that all season, we hired him with how he handled the Khalil Mag dilemma. Uh, you could tell that. Um, it was it was mainly hype. Um, for the past two years, the Raiders started off six and two in both years and missed the playoffs. So, from the football aspect, coming into year four of his contract, I was already ready. To, I was already on board with saying he needs to be let go because we haven't shown any improvement. We just showed that we're a middle of the pack team with some very good players, and. Just last offseason, which I didn't understand and what really came to light when we played Chicago Bears last week was we dismantled a very, very good offensive line. Not saying it was the best, but I argue that it was top 10, top five. And it, it's just insane how it was just dismantled so quickly. And now you look at the Raiders now, and although they are three and two, and they have some impressive, they had an impressive win against Baltimore in week one, you can still see that. And last week's game, their line did not show up because they don't have a line. And I wonder why. So just football-wise, I was already ready for him to go, but now to get to his comments. When I look at his comments, I basically just think, I mean, you look at something like that and you just say, why do people do that? And I don't know if you feel like they just have to say something about a certain someone or just say things in general, but they try to do it in a private, in a private way, quote unquote private, so that the public doesn't find out. But sending an email 
is like taking a picture and posting to social media. It's, it's there forever. I mean, you might forget about it a month or two later, but it's on the internet forever. And eventually it comes to light. And it's just ironic how all this came up while they were investigating something completely different, which is insane. But it goes to show that everything that you put on the internet comes back to light sooner or later. And I mean, it was definitely the right thing for him to do to resign. He should never get another coaching job or have a broadcasting job. He shouldn't, he should never, he shouldn't have another job until he dies, to be honest with you. And I feel like Dang. it's just <laughs> relax. And I just feel like um it just goes to show that you don't really know a person as well as you think you know them. Because I remember just, just watching all these sports talk shows. Everybody says John Gruden is a good guy. Everybody says John Gruden is one of the nicest guys you ever meet. And it's not just um, white people saying this, African-Americans, people that play for him. But then you see all this, and it's just like, are you really understanding us? Do you really understand, like, what we go through? Because now John Gruden shows he's a part of the problem. So. It was time for him to go. Uh, I definitely agree with that. It's time for him to go. And, you know, that's not something you could just uh, ultimately, in his case, recover from that. I mean, Kendrick, you know, seeing those comments and seeing the, a lot of the f- remarks he made to the players and then hearing his apology, just just what was running through your mind? Um, it was a lot running through my mind because, you know, as Chris pointed out, you know, players – former players, former people who know him and people who know him now saying this nice guy. And it's just like, okay, I can understand him being a nice guy now, like him changing his act and him changing the way he thinks and everything. And so I can't, I won't say that he's part of the problem because I mean, he probably changed up his act from those years ago, but it's the fact that you still had that mindset at any point in time to even say those things and talk badly about such, you know, such people, whatever that whoever that he was talking about, and that in itself is a problem, and especially in nowadays, and how such and how there's such a big thing in today's society about you know everyone having rights and you speaking bad about them, then it's gonna come back to haunt you. So this is a valuable lesson, and for everyone to realize that what you say in anything through electronically is going to last forever, and it will come back to haunt you if it's not good. And my takes on his apology, I feel like, you know, he apologized as everyone as everyone does when they mess up. But it's like, I guess you can say it was sincere because he probably meant it. But it was like also, you know, he probably had a bunch of people probably help script it out. So it's like it was like, I guess you could say it was like a genuine from what he was trying to get across. But I don't know about how he like how his feelings were really into it. So overall, I guess his apology was okay for, you know, for the time. But it's just like people don't have to accept his apology. People don't have to take the feel like, oh, we have to accept it because he said it. Like, all right, you said those things. Don't You can still – you're going to stand on what you say. So don't try and back up now just because years later. But, you know, it's just – it's just a case of – things come back to bite you no matter how big or small it may be in that time period. Uh, right. And so no, yeah, that's no. all I can say about it. No, that's absolutely true. Things do come back uh, in, in ways you don't even imagine. Kyrie, I want to ask you. So he made an apology and he made some key statements in his apology. He said he didn't have a racist bone, he's a racist bone in his body. And, you know, when he makes that type of statement and and he said something like that, and he said he said it out of anger. So for me, is it, it's just hard for me to come to terms with his apology because, so in my mind, you get upset, and the first thing you think of is throwing such insensitive remarks. Just, just what's your thoughts about his apology overall? I mean, I, I feel like it's just, you know, in his comments. So I don't feel like it was sincere at all. So when he says, like, he was saying stuff out of anger. I feel like when you say things out of anger, that's when you're at your most honest. And that's that's what truly shows who your true colors are when you're at your most, like when you're at your most angered and you're at your most passionate, it shows what your true colors are when, and what you say. 
So for the comments that he made to like the the racist comments, the uh, anti-gay comments he's made toward Roger Goodell, I mean, honestly, none of it surprises me. Um, I feel like in the NFL and just like maybe the the NBA, MLB, any other like sports league, a lot of these a lot of these teams are owned by or have guys that are in higher uh, I would guess higher positions of their older white men. So I. I can't help but auto, it's, it's sad to say, but I can't help but automatically assume a lot of these guys had, hold on to those same beliefs and hold on to those same values and those and they had that same mindset. So it surprised me it was John Gruder kind of because, yeah, in the media, he does look like a good guy. He looks like a guy that wants to go out and wants to win football games. That's all he cares about. But when you have guys like Keyshawn Johnson who played under him, won a championship under him, come out and say, like, yo, John Gruder's, John Gruder's always been like this, but it's just now coming to light years and years later it kind of makes you think like man like it could be anybody like it could be any it could be any coach it could be any gm it could be any owner you just never know but the i guess the only bright side to it is that like i like what chris mentioned that this was this investigation started off with the washington football team and all of the problems they had going on internally and to find john gruden in the midst of that it kind of shows you how freely he kind of thought those things or he kind of communicated those things to guys he was cool with around the league so i think the only bright side about this is it could bring to light possibly other people that are in the NFL that think this way or that have the same mindset, and we and we just got to weed them out. That's the that's the only solution. Definitely, I mean, it started off an investigation entirely something else, and then it, it devolves into this. And and Mar, uh, something I wanted to ask you. So you know, you see a lot of these guys who have a uh, great reputations in terms of you know people meeting them personally and talking to them individually and then we see some stuff like comments that are made the first was drew Brees uh with his comments but you know people still believe overall he's still a great guy he's still a great human being when you look at john grew and his comments do you still feel like he's still a decent human being overall or do you still feel like he's entirely different and those comments truly exposed who he really was I mean, I can't say the comments don't mean anything. They were said and they were used like he said them. <laughs> can't take back what you said. Once you say it, it's like you meant to say it like you thought this. So I think like I don't believe you slip up and say that. That's like a joke you put together like he thought about that. So like that really just show who he was. No matter if you do change, people can change and like clean up their act or whatever. But I still feel like he feels that way. Like that apology he gave, yeah, I don't really think he meant it. I don't think it was wasn't sincere at all. But you know, it was just something that he had to do on top of you know resigning. So you know, I think that really exposed him. And I don't think he'll ever you know coach again or at least be on television again. Right. Absolutely, that's definitely fair. Um, Lodge. So. You see, you see, um, John, he makes these comments. You know, you can't help but think, you know, if it's one of them, it's a few of them. If it's a few of them, it's a many of them. So you feel like in this case, right. So you feel like he's not the only one with these type, you know, he just happened to be the one that got caught. Not even close, bro. I'm telling you, I ain't even going to hold you. These owners about to be under, under a little. Under a little uh, shell now, because things about to start getting unraveled. I'm I guarantee, you, bro. It's gonna be more than one owner at least. So it's just like, yeah, honestly, I mean, it was, it was a lot, of, a lot of men. Yeah, and honestly, Bruce Allen on, on the hot seat right now because nobody see nobody's he is uh he wasn't he ain't say nothing yet about it. So and Mark Davis, I think the NFL was pissed at him because he didn't uh, take action right away either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Greg, uh, last but not least. So moving forward with this, when it comes to his comments, what do you think? You know, Chris already made a statement that he shouldn't be allowed to be coaching or be on television overall. Mara echoed those comments. What do you feel like John Grun's future or potential? What do you think professional could be and what profession would even accept, you know, who he is and the comments he made? What's your thoughts on that, Greg? Uh. I mean, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I think, you know, there's always going to be opportunities for gentlemen like him. Um, I mean, if Urban Meyer can go under fire and get opportunity after opportunity, 
Um, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question to believe that someone like John Gruden could do that too. I mean, they call it the old boys club for a reason. Like there's always going to, there's always might be an opportunity like Mark Davis could be bring him back as a consultant or something or something like that. Um, Cause they have like a personal relationship. Um, but I don't, I want to say it's like over. I think maybe in terms of positions that, that are, public facing like a Monday night football gig or like or reporting on ESPN. Like I think those days are numbered because I think those companies, companies that are already under a lot of public scrutiny, like a ESPN for how they handle issues like this, um, don't want to have any negative publicity, which it's very easy to dig up what John Gruden said in the future. So I think if he does have an opportunity in the future, it's because of personal relationships that he has. Um, and the best relationships that he seemed to have are in uh, with the Oakland Ra- Raiders. So I wouldn't be surprised in some capacity as a football consultant or something of the like. Um, yeah, I just think it was very interesting that, you know, it didn't seem like any action was going to be taken on Friday when the initial email was sent when the initial revelation that he's that it was well at the time on friday all we had the public had known was that it was just one email but i'm surprised like there was no suspension there was a lot to coach the game on sunday there was no public scrutiny all he did was make an apology and i just think that's very interesting and i just i think it's very interesting that when it was one marginalized group that was attacked that happened, which happened to represent the predominantly marginalized group of of people that he like represents. Like he's a coach of a predominantly black organization, of a predominantly black football team. Like people didn't say anything, but like as soon as it was like like people weren't even willing to suspend him, which I thought was an uh, 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 at least a suspensionable offense. But for for them to go to that on Friday to like just allow him to make an apology and coach the game on Sunday to then firing him. I just thought like, so what was it just, what made, what was the final straw? Was it the quantity of the emails or was it just how many people, how many groups of people he touched within the emails that he sent out? So that's what I would want to know, but you know, only don't really give those answers. And that's probably something that'll, and like you said, it, it had to be a bottom line. I didn't even think of that until you just said that. So, but one thing I do want to add before we move on to the next topic is I always felt like it, since there's a lot of diversity uh, in a lot of places, uh, sports and music were, in my opinion, one of the few things that just happened to brought people together, regardless of ethnicity or economic background, especially sports, whether you, you know, you're, you're gay or whatever, whatever your ethnicity is. And when you see and hear some of the, the figures in the sports, whether it be a coach, a general manager, and they make comments like this, like Donald Stern with the Clippers, you know, Drew Brees and his comments, and then you have this. There's plenty of more I didn't even get to. It's just real disheartening, and you just hope that, you know, in the near future, uh, a lot of them can just, you know, mend their ways or honestly just sniff them all out. But chances are that happening uh, is really little. Will there be another another time? I Probably will, because like Lodge said, uh, it, it's definitely damn near all of them. Uh, it's a shame, but that's just the reality of it. But absolutely, it's something that we wanted to talk about as, as young African-Americans, and it's just something we just don't stand for. So, but with that being said, we will move on to the next topic. Now we're going to be focusing on NFL and the activities now. So let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I mean, this starts so far in the fifth week of the NFL season. I mean, I want to swing it to Lodge first because, you know, your Buccaneers right now, 4-1, and one, playing phenomenal. And the, and the Chiefs, they, they look uh, not too pretty. Let's just say that. Not too pretty. So what's your thoughts about your team so far being 4-1? and one? You know, what's your thoughts on that? So I'm definitely not about to roll on here and act like this is about to be an amazing season because, first off, the secondary is is on is in the ICU at this point, bro. It is it's getting bad. It's getting real bad. So, other than that, I'm pretty I'm happy. The offense looks even better than last year. Uh, the run game is starting to pick up. Uh, it was pretty, it started off a little slow. Um, 
Brady, I believe he just hurt his thumb. Hopefully that's fine. I don't need him. Yeah, we definitely don't need that Kyle trash because nowhere near ready. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good for right now. Um the Rams game, that hurt. I don't want to believe that's what it's gonna look like. Um, I, actually, I doubt it's, it's gonna look like that in the playoffs, uh, especially after that Cardinals game. Whatever. Well, no, that's no. I was letting you go ahead. So, I mean, um, as far as the Chiefs, I though, mean, Chris, um, the Chiefs just might it might get dark, bro. I don't even think they're like the third best team in the league right in their, in their conference right now, as of right now. Man, we had a uh, we we had a strong debate about the Chiefs and, and the quarterback, you know, uh, earlier. But uh, Chris, I want to swing it to you. I mean, Tampa Buccaneers. I mean, they're off to a pretty good start. But Lodge put it in inside perspective. It could get possibly it could change in the near uh, future during the season. Just what's your thoughts on the on the Tampa Buccaneers and can the Kansas City Chiefs turn it around for the season? I mean, when you have that type of offensive firepower, you're always dangerous. So, can, if, can the Chiefs turn around? I still think they can. Now, obviously, we know we know what they can do. Like, and we know that sometimes, and we've seen Patrick Mahomes get cocky a little bit this year in the sense that he still tries to make some miraculous thing happen out of nothing. And it's cost him some turnovers. Like, I think he – I don't know if he leads the NFL in turnovers, but he has 11 turnovers right now. And – Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he has eleven. It's not all. It's sure not does. all. Case. He has eleven. He has eleven turnovers. Oh, all right. So, so yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, but again, when you look at the Chiefs, like again, but that kind of firepower, they are dangerous. But what's really being exposed is their defense, and the defense was always a weak point. But the defense always stepped up when it needed to step up. But right now, we just see a bunch of guys in Tyron Matthew. And the reason I didn't even mention Chris Jones is because Chris Jones has been kind of quiet since the Browns game. So they got to find their identity on defense again. And the offense has to not showboat in their way. And I feel like that's costing them because like, um, like, uh, like Lodge said, um, the Chiefs are little, are the worst team in the conference right, in our division right now. Now, are they the worst team overall? Absolutely not. But I don't feel like they shouldn't have lost to the Chargers in Arrowhead. Now, I understand it happens, but in Arrowhead already? And they usually had the Chargers number. So, I mean, with Tampa and with Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. They find the defense, the defense looks horrible right now. Well, the secondary defense looks horrible, like Lodge said, but. Again, again, we got that kind of firepower on offense. You're always dangerous. So, I mean, I feel like Kansas City will turn around and Tampa Bay is going to be like maybe second or third, maybe fourth, lowest. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Kendrick, so swinging it on to you, um, both of these teams, I want to first off ask off, do you think both of the teams, oh, Tampa Buccaneers, obviously, do you think the Kansas City Chiefs are still, you know, that uh, they have like a – they could compete for a Super Bowl, or do you feel like it's still out of the question? It's still too early to tell. You're not playing um, this season. You're not playing their struggles right now. Oh, um, I'm. They're both playoff teams easily. Super Bowl championship teams. That's a little difficult to say, but playoff teams, yes, just because their offensive firepower. They're always there's always a likelihood that they'll prop, most likely outscore their outscore the other team with Patrick Mahomes and the weapons he has, like. And then with Tom Brady and Northern, he has and, and Tom Brady himself. So I feel like their offense, that offense will always help them lead them to the playoffs as if they stay together as long as possible. They, that will always help them lead them to the playoffs. Now, winning a championship, that that's going to be more difficult just because of, for one, the defense for the Chiefs. The defense has always been spotty ever since, you know, they, you know, ever since they blew up. That was like their defense hasn't been miraculous or like perfect or anything. It's just, they get the job done when it needs to be done. They're not consistent and them not being consistent is the most dangerous thing for that team. And then for the Buccaneers front seven looks good. It's just that secondary. I mean, but again, 
secondary is hurt. So maybe like once the secondary comes back fully healthy and they pick up and they establish more of a run game better, uh, then the Buccaneers are going to be looking like the favorites again that easily. Okay, that's definitely a sound analysis. Uh, you definitely put that uh, – definitely expanded what I really thought about the teams. Uh, Kyrie, I just want to ask you, I, what do you think is the biggest weakness for the Chiefs and the Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you feel like they need to correct that in order to maximize what they can do for this season? I mean, like everybody mentioned, for the Chiefs at least is their defense. I mean, they have like possibly the worst rushing defense in the league. Um, they give up 32 points a game, about four touchdowns. I mean, until that defense gets gets a lot of fire lit under them and they start to actually compete like out there, like like Chris said, it's like Tyron Matthew and then and a bunch of other guys out there. If that if they don't pick it up and they don't get a fire lit under them, they're not gonna really do much because we we could we all know what Patrick Mahomes could do, we all know what Tyreek Hill and Jay, uh Travis Kelsey could do. But if your defense isn't kind of matching that, kind of matching that same energy, you're not really going to make it far because they're just going to keep giving up points and Patrick Mahomes is going to co- have to keep coming back on the field and try to make up for those lost points. So uh, that's their main weakness to me Um, with the Bucks, It's the same thing as far as the defense with the secondary. Like everybody mentioned, I mean, Sean Murphy, Bunner, her, Antoine Winfield hurt, Levante Davis hurt. But when when those guys come back, they're going to be fine. I don't have any worries about the Buccaneers, to be honest with you guys. That's, and that's fair. That's fair. And this is something I want to swing to uh, Mar and Greg and either one of you guys can answer for the other. So in terms of uh, when both franchises right now, you know, five weeks in, uh, Kendrick did say they're both playoff teams, Super Bowl teams. It is in question. If you were to make a decision like right now, well, based off what do you have, who do you think is more bound to make the Super Bowl? There's a question for you, you and Mar. I mean, Greg and Mar. I mean, I want whoever wants to answer first. I mean, I'm gonna swing it to Greg. Go ahead and answer, Greg. I mean, I just feel like the the Buccaneers have a sweeter schedule than the than the Chiefs. So by default, I mean, we came into the year. I mean, I was just because I was trying to do some research on the Chiefs, man. Like the Chiefs have the second uh, the the second highest strength of schedule in the league, uh, only behind the Minnesota Vikings. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is week through week five, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the 22nd uh, NFL strength of schedule. Compare that to the start of the year, the Chiefs coming into the year, this is based off of last year's numbers, had the 11th highest strength of schedule as com- compared to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who had the 29th, the, which is actually like the third easiest strength of schedule. So just off of the strength of schedule alone, I mean, you got to go with the Buccaneers because, I mean, that's kind of – the, the the better the schedule is means the more potential for wins, which means the higher the seed. And if you give Tom Brady a resting period or an easy t- team to carve out to get his rhythm going into the playoffs, I mean, it's fried chicken at that point. Uh, whereas, like, you know, I mean, we've been saying a lot about the, the, the Chiefs, but, like, think about who the Chiefs have had to play. Since the start of the year, they played the Browns, who's a playoff team, the Ravens, who's a playoff team, the Chargers, who's a playoff team, and the Bills, who's a playoff team. The only easy person, only other team that they had to go through was the, the Eagles, and they let the Eagles score 30 points against them, which is very telling of their defense. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I just uh, – I, I think it's, it has to be the Bucs. Like it has to be looks like I don't I don't see the, the, the AFC in my personal opinion is a, a lot stronger of a conference than the NFC. Oh, that, that's a great analysis. That was definitely some fair points. The schedule, uh, I didn't notice that the schedule was uh, definitely comparatively different in terms of whether it being strong and whether it being weak. I mean, Mar, do you co-sign the, the, the same sentiments that Greg is speaking or you feel like there's a possible the Chiefs may be the one to make that make that run? Um, just because of where the Chiefs are placed, well, let me say again, just because of where the Chiefs are placed, um, they can still make it before the Buccaneers. And I mean, like, if, if, if y'all see what I'm saying, because, like, the Buccaneers still got to play the Packers, they still got to play the Rams. It's still, like, it's still teams over there that they have to play and they're going to have to see. And if they slip up, it could be over. So 
And I just feel like the Chiefs, when they pick it up, and when they do eventually pick it up, is is gonna be like the last couple of years. Nobody's gonna have an answer. Okay. All right. So I mean, that's definitely some strong points. I mean, I still feel like can't you say they're both playoff bound teams, whether it be the Super Bowl, I would bet my chances on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But moving forward with that, quarterback play. But we're looking at the young quarterbacks, right? Relatively young. You know, you got Kyle Murray. Uh, I mean, Kyler Murray, he's playing well. The Cardinals are 5-0. He's definitely one of the top young quarterbacks in the league, uh, just just for me, in my personal opinion. What young quarterback in the league, whether it be Lamar Jackson, whether it be, you know, in your opinion, is one of the best young quarterbacks in the league or who you feel is the best young quarterback in the league as of right now? Uh, I want to swing that to Kendrick first. Well, going best young quarterback, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. I mean, even though, yeah, he won MVP, but he was showing, he's been showing that he's more than just running the ball now. Like the game where he played, who'd they play on Monday? Uh, the Colts. He had over 400 yards passing. Like when, when we first saw Lamar in the first couple of years, we would have never thought Lamar would have had over 400 yards passing in a game. Maybe on a good day, but it seems like now they're they're like trusting he's getting better with his arm. His arm's getting stronger. He's becoming more accurate. He's becoming a better decision maker. So he's able to, you know, do uh, be able to read those things. And then of course they're going to play zones on him because they're afraid of him running the ball. So that gives short passes to allow him to allow his uh, receivers to get open and get yards after the catch. And uh, let's see. And the like, I would say a quarterback that I'm kind of disappointed in. Right. As a rookie, as a young quarterback. Well, I'm going to just say a rookie quarterback is uh, Zach Wilson. I understand he's on the Jets and everything, but it's like they trusted you, Zach. They got rid of Sam Darnold for you just so you can come and do something. And then you see Sam Darnold with the Panthers and he's playing well. Granted, his last game against the Eagles, he did struggle. But beforehand, you saw what he was doing. Sam Darnold, you, we out here seeing Sam Darnold think, doing things that we didn't know he could do or didn't understand why he got drafted so high. But now we're starting to see that in Carolina. Granted, that last game against the Eagles, it was just a bad game for him. Um, but outside of that, yeah, so Sam Darnold's picked up his play. Zach Wilson is not playing to the level of uh, what people were expecting out of him. And honestly, neither is Trey, uh, Trevor Lawrence. And, ah, mm. All right. And I Trevor did say, uh, yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all. No, go ahead. Finish that off. All right. You don't have anything. Uh, Chris. Uh, okay. <laughs> Chris, listen, young, the best young quarterback in play in terms of play so far. And we're when young quarterback. We're talking about 25 and under. So, you know, and what young quarterback so far in their career has really disappointed you? So, I mean, Kendry brought up a great point uh, with Lamar Jackson. I thought Kyler, Kyler Murray doing what he's doing with the Cardinals so far in the second year. I mean, Chris, just just who who's your pick? Who's the most, most disappointing young quarterback in your opinion? I wouldn't say I have a most disappointing quarterback because most of them I feel like I'm playing how I thought they played. I mean, I guess in terms of disappointing, I could say Baker Mayfield, but I never considered him to be a number one draft pick type of player in the first place. I mean, mm. he's, a solid quarter, he's a solid quarterback and all, but I never considered him to be number one. So in terms of disappointing, I would go Baker Mayfield in a sense. But I feel as though that somebody that I well, that Kendrick didn't mention, I feel like needs to get talked about just a little bit more very shortly is Justin Herbert. The Chargers mm. found them a gem. They found them a potential. They found them a potentially the greatest quarterback of the decade, potentially. Wow! Just, just wow. Him, no. I said he's not stretching. He's not stretching. Listen, he not stretching. I'm not. I'm Justin, just saying that's that's real bold. Bro, bro, just that's strong. That's strong. But go ahead, Chris. Finish it off. Finish it off. Listen, I've listen just for somebody to be in only the second year of the league. He is already. 
he already knows what to do. Like, he has so much poison precision with the football, not to mention he rarely turns the ball over. And that's shocking for, for somebody of his age to do. Of it, just only second year in, that really doesn't turn the ball over. And he, and he picks his spots. He always doesn't go for the big play. He always goes – he takes what the defense gives him. He also knows how to play tricks with the defense. Like, I don't – like, I'm not trying to say he's like Aaron Rodgers. But he has mm. Aaron Rodgers' potential. I oh, will why? say that. He has Aaron Rodgers' potential. That's some strong valuations. I mean, man, I, 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 I'm I, going to really keep my I eye on the ground. Not a one bit of it. I, I'm really keeping my eye on uh, Listen, Lodge, since you, since you had spoken, I mean, so who's the best young quarterback right now in your opinion? And, what's, and which young quarterback, you know, has disappointed you so far in their career? So everybody pretty much threw throughout the, the main name. So I'm going to just throw another one in there. And I feel like he's just as mm, – I don't think he's – I don't think his ceiling is going to be as, as high as Justin Herbert's. But I, I, to me, he's damn sure just as good as him. And that's Joe Burrow. And his second year coming back from injury, and he's been looking pretty great. And he's got Jamar Chase looking amazing right now. And he, him, him, to me – Actually, he might be my favorite young quarterback, to be honest with you. Out of him and Justin Herbert, those are my two favorites. And but, I, I, now, I'm disappointing. Baker. I want to talk about Baker, though. So, as as disappointing as he is, do y'all think he still – or do y'all think the Browns still have a chance of him, like, going to the bowl and winning, even, even with him on the squad? No. <laughs> That's so quick. <laughs> Wait, so not even with the defense in the run game and all that? <laughs> I mean, it is all oh, no. there for him. It's just like, whether or not he's going to step up to the plate and start using him to their max potential, bro. That's all it is. All that talent. It's such, I, so many quarterbacks. I mean, he, 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 he's got everything he needs, but he's got two backs, two receivers, two tight ends, like a good old line, great defense. Just I don't, I don't, I don't get what I don't, I don't get what he can't get together with them, bro. So I, I don't see it right now personally for him. It's him, like it's his play and his decision and his like. His level of play, that's what doesn't match up. And that's why I don't think they will be able to go the distance. Okay, that's definitely fair. I mean, Mar, uh, who's the best young quarterback so far in during the two or three seasons, in your opinion? No, Daniel Jones does not count. And who is so far in their career uh, a, a young quarterback who really disappointed you in terms of expectations of what you thought they could be? Um, I'm glad you said Daniel Jones doesn't count because Jalen Hurts counts. Jalen Hurts counts. Not oh, yeah. I'm not he sure him. does. I'm not gonna, yeah, and I'm not gonna say him. So, um, <laughs> I think first, <laughs> chill, yo, chill, chill, chill. Let me my point. Chill. At least let my man let get me, a full season. Let me get to my point. Listen, you're absolutely correct, but it's still not okay. Um, just I think it's Justin Herbert by a long shot. I don't really think it's close, but I mean. Um, I'm surprised by Kyler Murray because if y'all remember, I was saying I don't think he'll be able to do it this season. I think I thought they were gonna like. I mean, it's not over yet. It's only been a couple games, and they're still the the last undefeated team. The season's not over, but everybody I was getting on them because it's like, bro, you got IHOP, and it's like, oh, you got DeAndre Hopkins, and it's like, bro, what did you do? Like, what what did you do differently than when you didn't have? So I like what he's doing this season because everybody's like rubbing it in my face now. And like I said, I've always wanted him to do good. Like I wanted him to do good because um, I enjoy watching him. But I just felt like he wasn't because of what he didn't do last season. So I feel like so he's really been surprising me. And the worst Wait. one. No, go ahead. No, nah, well, I was going to actually be. Do you expect them to fall off like how they did towards the end of last season? I feel, like if I, say it, I feel like if I say it, people are going to call me a hater. No, do like it, do it, do it, do it. It's 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 speak your mind. Wrong, he can't wait to call me a hater. You talking about do it, do it, do it. He can't wait to call me No, speak your mind. Speak your mind, sir. Absolutely. No, but like Famous. I said, I never wanted them to fail. Like, you feel me? Like, I never wanted them to fail. But they, like, it's just like sometimes, you know, people crumble and teams crumble and it's like, I told y'all not to, like it was early in the season. Do I think they will? Um, just watching them now, I really don't think. I mean, it's hard to tell because it's the regular. I don't think they will, but I think if they make it to the playoffs as a high seed, I think they will crumble. 
Um, mm. Just because, like, just because I've seen them make defenses, like, their defense is just insane. Like, the defense is just, like, insane. Besides Kyler Murray, the defense just doesn't make any sense. Like, they they on something. They be playing when they on something. So it's like, I feel like they'll maintain it. But I think they'll, like, if they lose and they're, like, favorites to win or everybody thinks it's, like, they're going to win, I can see them, you know, falling. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Kyrie. Oh, go ahead, Kendrick. Go ahead. No, I'm going to let Kyrie say it. I'll say it after Kyrie says it. I got you. And then after you, I'll swing it to Greg. Uh, Kyrie. So, in terms, who's the best young quarterback in your eyes? And, And who's the quarterback? The young quarterback, you know, that disappointed you in terms of whether you thought they could be potential-wise and expectation-wise. Um, for sure. So I, I definitely got to agree with uh with a few of the other guys said, and Justin Herbert, he's definitely been one of my favorite players to watch all season long. I mean, he's completed sixty-seven percent of his passes, got thirteen passing touchdowns, and he's got one of the best arms I've ever seen, bro. For real, for real. So like, and just what he's doing with this Chargers team, he's got them first in the conference right now. The only loss they took was to a crazy Dallas defense, something I can't even fault him on. Like, they lost uh, by a field goal. So, like, he's I, he's honestly, like, one of the MVP favorites to me. I, I feel like he could possibly go out and win it this year if the Chargers can keep it going. They're on a three-game win streak. And he's like, he, he's just different, bro. Everybody, What everybody else said about him is completely true. Like, he's, he's something different. And just to throw him out there, uh, Lamar Jackson, simply because the game he played uh, last against the coach, he really opened my eyes up. And kind of brought me back into the hype with him because what he's always been one of the most exciting players to watch ever since he was at Louisville to me. But that efficiency wasn't always there. And I seen it in that last game against the uh, against the Colts, especially in the clutch moments like everybody talks about. Everybody wants to see him to really perform in. When Robbie Blankenship missed that kick, you could see it in his eyes like, yo, he was ready to go out and win that game. And he did that. He threw uh, Kendrick Messon over 400 yards and completed like 86 percent of them. And he, he was just efficient. He was getting Mark Andrews the ball, had him looking like the man, had Hollywood Brown looking like that number one receiver, everybody, and that they need him to be for real, for real. So it, those two guys right there, they, they've they been my favorite players to watch so far this season. I think they're the two young, best young quarterbacks. As far as somebody that's disappointing me, I, I don't really have anybody that's disappointing me really. Um, Somebody, I guess to throw a name out there, I'm not really disappointed in him, just the way he's being used is Matt Jones. Um, I really like Mac Jones. He, I caught on to him late before the draft, but um, once I could, once I really saw like the presence he is in the pocket, and his arm and his throwing ability, I feel like being in uh, being in New England right now, the way he's playing, he's kind of limited a little bit. And one of his main weaknesses is his, his lack of movement in the pocket now, not being able to really escape. He's a sitting duck back there a lot, and he gets hit. He's too young to be getting hit the way he does. So. That's one of my few disappointments. I'm just really nitpicking, but I think overall he's going to get it together. No, definitely solid. I definitely agree with your analysis. You know, definitely fair points in terms of uh, Mag Jones not being utilized the right way. I think, you know, it, it really factors into young quarterbacks, what they can do potential-wise and what they can do from season to season. Uh, Greg, last but not least, uh, I think I, I know who you're going to mention since you defended him so passionately. But I'm going to let you speak your case. Uh, which young quarterback do you feel is the, is obviously the best as of right now and you think in the future long haul? And what young quarterback has disappointed you in terms of expectations and them not living in the potential so far? That was for you, Greg. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize I was on mute. Uh, who do you think I was going to say? You defended him so passionately, man. You was going toe for toe. You stood your ground. Oh, oh. The- I mean, but I don't think is Patrick Mahomes under twenty five. I thought he was like twenty six. Patrick Mahomes is twenty six. Yeah, he's twenty six. You said under. You said twenty five and under. Um, oh, so, uh, so because of that, I didn't even think of Patrick Mahomes. I just went. I was gonna go with either. I'm gonna go with. Two, I could decide between two. So I'm just going to say I took one from AFC, one from the NFC. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, and then I'm going to go with uh, Josh Allen. Because – and I don't I don't know if anybody else said Josh Allen. I feel like someone else said Kyler Murray. But for Josh Allen in particular, I think what I really liked about his game this year is that, like, I felt like last year's offense, like, for what it was, even though he was, like, an MVP candidate last year, was so reliant on Stefan Diggs. And, like, 
if he they would go their office would go was like lived and died by how Stefan Diggs performed in the game. Stefan Diggs had over 100 yards. There was no stopping that team. If they like limited Stefan Diggs like three catches for 40 yards, there was no way they could win them. And now this year, I feel like they're able to sling a rock to anybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like every week it's like somebody like Stefan Diggs only got like one touchdown in the season, which is like crazy to me. I never would have expected that. So like with the introduction of Emmanuel Sanders and then you got Dawson Knox coming in. You know what I'm saying? You got Cole Beasley and you got Stefan Diggs. The running game isn't like crazy, but it's it's a middle of the pack. It's not the bet. Like, I feel like everything about their like this is a truly balanced offense. But like his numbers, I think he got like 14 touchdowns and three interceptions on the season. And he also runs the ball well. I think he got like 188 running yards for the season. So it's like he's like doing it all. So like, I, that's the, that was the next progression in his game. Like that's, that's the, when I know, that's what I noticed like in his game last year, it was very much Stefan Diggs reliant. So for him to be able to be able to diversify and really understand the offense um, is the reason why they're off to like a four on one start right now. Uh, and honestly, like they're only lost against the Steelers. Like, I mean, that was the opening day like game and like opening day you can't read that's not really a good indicator for teams so that's him but then Kyler I mean Kyler's just Kyler bro Kyler's a baller like I just you know what I'm saying like he just Kyler could just do it all man he on my fantasy team too so I'm a little biased but Kyler Kyler that ball <laughs> you know what I'm saying he he, he right. like that I don't even I don't even gotta go over the numbers with him wait he, hold on all I gotta say is five no what's up wait hold on hold on you, Greg you you said you got. You said you got. Josh, you said you got Josh Allen over uh, Jay Herbo, right? Over Jay Herbo? No, not even. I'm crying. No, I'm not. Well, I'm <laughs> Jay Herbo. Um, I'm not even saying that for real. Like, I'm oh, just saying. Like, what you did though? I'm saying like he. I thought that. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, the question, well, the question was who am I most impressed with? No, 25 yeah, and under. No? That was the question. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, but, like, last year, like, I feel like what Justin Herbert is just doing in extension what he did last year, it's just over the course of four quarters. Like, the problem with the Chargers last year was that Justin Herbert could, like, do it for two to three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, they will always fall apart for, like, some odd reason. They can never put yeah, up points. So, like, this yeah, is, like, an extension okay. of – so this is just, like, an extension of what he was already doing last year. And I'm not saying – like, I'm just saying, like – with Justin, with uh, with uh, Josh Allen, it the offense literally lived and breathed by Stefan Diggs. Like Stefan Diggs was that guy in fantasy because they would always throw the rock to to Stefan Diggs no, no matter what. If Stefan Diggs went under over hundred, they would win that game. If they went, if if Stefan Diggs went under hundred, they were losing that game. And the only time they won when he had a hundred. I think when he had a hundred yards receiving, I think was that game where like Colin Murray threw the hell of Mary, I think. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just thought like, yeah, he was an MVP candidate, but like the numbers and seeing him play felt like Steelers. So for him to be like slinging the box on my fantasy team and the brother put up like, had a hundred, like three catches for 117 yards against the uh, charge. I mean, against the uh, Chiefs. And last All year right. he had two touchdowns. Like I'm saying, like he's diversifying. Emmanuel Sanders getting involved. My oh, friend, but you, you know what I'm saying. And then I think even Cole Beasley had a hundred yard right. game this year. So it, right, you know what I'm right. saying. And then right. with the right. with right. the with, I'm gonna say this: the Cardinals, bro. Kyler Murray has been slinging a rock to everybody. Twenty yards on the season. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, I'm done. You got it, brother. Do your thing. Moderate, right. brother. Moderate. Okay, thank you. Uh, with that being said, we're going to go to the last topic of uh, today's episode. The, uh, at the time it's recording, it is Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday night football. A big game. The Philadelphia oh. Eagles versus the Buccaneers. Now, a lot of people may say the Eagles – don't don't it is it will be a fantastic game it'll be a lovely game a lot of people here we know we got a lot of doubters here people that feel like we may not be able to achieve victory it's understandable uh we're used to the you know being the underdogs and that's fine uh but if anyone here would like to object the eagles winning this game tomorrow please say i 
Oh, no one. Uh, everyone has the Eagles so, winning. So why didn't you say oh, everyone? Oh, everyone. Has, okay, there, got right? it. Everyone has the Eagles Yo, winning. Got, got it. Got a way right. better ending. Right. Topic than quick. I got a way better ending. Nah, topic. bro. Eagles winning tomorrow, bro. I'm gonna keep respect. Yo, like I said, <laughs> I got a way better ending topic. I ain't got the patience right now. What's that? So patience. So we were just talking about Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. So how far do y'all think the gap is between the two? Big time because Lamar has and has Kyler Murray in the playoffs. You said big time? Uh yes. Kyler Murray yeah. playoffs. Yeah, Kyler Murray making playoffs. Has he won an MVP? It's like like bro, it's a pretty it's a gap. Like it's a pretty, pretty gap. Like it ain't that big, but like it's a gap. But we can also but but not like let's let's also like recognize that like Kyler Murray didn't the offense that Kyler Murray has now and the defense that Kyler Murray has now is not the is not the offensive defense that Kyler Murray had at year one. Whereas Lamar Jackson, true, he didn't have the wide receivers, but he also had a defense that was like top of the league. He also has in. MVP because of what he was doing. Yeah. So no, I, mean. I understand. No, no, I, I understand. But I'm saying like if you have to ask a mobile quarterback to carry an offense. Like Cam Newton can carry an offense, right? Like he carried. That's how he won the MVP. But he can't also play defense. And I think the Cardinals' defense was atrocious. Like we call a spade a spade. You know what I'm saying? Like so, if Kyler Murray wasn't putting up 25 points a game, 25, 30 points a game, they weren't having a chance to win. And when Kyler Murray got hurt last year, it was it was clipped for the season. So it was like, so I mean, Lamar Jackson's definitely ahead. Like I'm not even trying to argue that. But like we like Kyler Murray was a number one overall pick for a reason. When you go to the number one, when you were number one overall pick, you're not going to a good team. Like Lamar Jackson was number 32 overall. So he went well, to Greg, the Baltimore Ravens. Greg, let me ask you something. So oh okay, so I, I want to circle this to like to Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, uh, so far in his career, you could say it was you know, his rookie year, he was playing behind um Alex Smith. Then he burst out to the team, had a phenomenal year, and now you've seen uh now this year, just just what's your thoughts on, on on this year? A lot of people feel like he, he's kind of he's lost his touch. Maybe he's, you know, or you know, he's playing. It's so far the Chiefs are having a disappointing year, but you know, just what's your thoughts on that? Listen, man, the 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 the, the Chiefs defense is ranked thirty two among qualified defenses in this league. It's ranked. It's still at. Hold on, let me stop defense. you real quick. Let me stop you real quick. Stop, stop me. Stop me, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, stop Listen, him. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm gonna keep it a buck. You keep, you keep, we keep talking about quarterbacks, and you instantly go to the defense. Why do you bring up the defense when we are talking about the okay, quarterback? Hold on, I just want to very good question. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait, because hold on, what? I can give you a, a clear answer to that, good brother. And when we talk oh, about man. defense, some when your defense is garbage, for lack of a better term, you're forcing the ball on the offense to keep up because you know when your team goes three and out or when your team doesn't put up a touchdown, you're going to be in a deficit the next possession. That's how bad That's how bad the defense is. 32 out of 32 teams means that you're the worst, which means that the when Eagles I'm on were offense, in the game, though. The Eagles were like, in the game. Exactly. Exactly. Like, come on they're, now. They're, no, exactly. but, but, but the Eagles but, were in no, the no, game. No, 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 but listen, but listen, the Eagles were in the game and Chiefs didn't take over to like the fourth quarter, which has something to do with what Colin referred to with the quarterback. So when their defense is getting stopped, like they did against the Eagles, what did they do? Like so hold on, hold on, hold on. If hold on, hold on, hold on. If your defense, hold on. Oh my lord. So basically what I'm hearing is everything when the Chiefs offense plays the defense. A defense can be like defenses can be good. That means there are other thirty-one other teams. When your team no, defense the, the is ranked thirty-two, that out on offense. No, hold on. When the Chiefs are, if the Chiefs defense is thirty-two, right? That means there are thirty-one other teams that are better than you on defense. Which means yes, you're acting like they're the Chiefs have never been in close games before. Defenses can be good. Yeah, I'm just like telling the you, last the defense thing, is not saying close. it's the defense fault that the, the quarterback sucks or is not playing well. How, bro? You're saying he sucks. He has. I'm asking you a question. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm asking you as a general question. So you're saying if the defense is bad, that automatically makes the quarterbacks play a little less productive and a little less better. I mean, in a lot of situations, yeah. I mean, it's a big hurdle to come in. You're saying he sucks when the brother has like. I just used. I didn't say he sucks. I was again. 
Six I never said he sucked. Two. I just was talking about in a general sense as quarterback. So that means they don't. All right, I'm not using the word suck, but um, they do not play as productive as they can with a bad defense. Mm. I think if if your if your defense is ranked if your defense is ranked thirty is ranked like twenty fifth or lower, that's a lot to ask any offense to overcome on a weekend week out basis. So yeah. Okay, but what if what if what if your off like that could go both ways though? That can go both sides. Like I, I, never said it, I never said it couldn't. I never said it couldn't. But like that, yeah. that still doesn't answer the question about the quarterback, though. Like the quarterback's play by itself, not including the defense. We're just talking about the quarterback alone. You keep bringing up excess factors that's not in the relevant conversation of the quarterback's play. Can I jump back in real quick? Go ahead. Uh, okay. Um. All right. So, why is it that? When you know, when you're raving about Mahomes, you be like, he won MVP, he threw 50 touchdowns. You don't bring up the defense. But when he's doing the defense, no, no, no. Okay, hold on, stop. But I'm not done the question. Mm-hmm. Now, let me finish the question. No, you got it, brother. No, brother. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right. I'm, I'm all right, When you're brother. saying in a his fourth, fifth season or whatever, you're like, he's won MVP, he's did this, he's mm-hmm. did that. You don't never mention mm-hmm. the defense then. But when he's his back is against the wall. And like the last 10 games they played, including last season, they only been like they've been close games. So it's like you bring because up the defense the, now, but you don't bring up the defense when he's thriving. Right. Because the defense at best over his th- the three year span that he's gone to the AFC championship three times in a row has never been anything to write home about, but they've never been this atrocious. We're okay. talking about the last defense. I know, in I know, the I know. League I know. Versus I heard you last five minutes. Versus I heard you. them being like, I know, and and I want to make sure it's emphasized again because no, but I got that more, versus being the twenty fourth defense. That that being versus being ranked the twenty fourth defense or the twenty third. Like, let's not the, the chief defense has never been top ten, top fifteen. We're talking no, about like more, we're though. saying the chief defense. Like, go ahead, brother. Say, tell me more. I know what you like. I know what you mean on that part. But it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but like I said against the Eagles, when they get stops, like when they are really stopping them, why is the offense taking so long to get started? You know, it, like Monty, when they you're get saying, the stops Monty, that, that they want, Patrick Mahomes still doesn't deliver. And it's like, all right, like, Monty, don't you you're just saying think that- they figured them out already? Don't you think they just got the Chiefs figured out? Because it's like, okay, they got Travis because they got Tariq Hill. Patrick Mahomes, we, like, we know what he's going to do. Like, don't you just think he's figured out at this point? I mean, listen, at the Honestly, end of the day, you know why they figure out more? They don't run the ball, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. They can't run the ball, bro. Like, for real. Listen, they, I mean, they, they, they literally so, just look for the open ball. play. Okay. So, no, I mean, th- that's what I'm saying. Like, Patrick Mahomes can only overcome so much. And, like, we look at what he has at a tight end position and that one wide receiver in particular. But, like, that's why I would say I would take what Aaron Rodgers has in Green Bay over what Patrick Mahomes has in in with the Chiefs because you can only overcome like you need a an offense at least you but need how, a complimentary no, but how when when we were talking about Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers the other time you were saying Pat Mahomes beat Jimmy G Aaron Rodgers lost to Jimmy G so how because I would rather have at least I would rather have at least the ability to run the ball on a week in week out basis than have to come up with new ways to just throw it over the top. I think any quarterback would take that. So like, yeah, if, go ahead, go ahead. so, so I'm just saying, so I, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying like, like, yes, that defense was able, like she, the chiefs were able to beat the San Francisco 49ers, the 49ers I mean, beat the, the green Bay. But if we're talking about every offense strives for balance, like I, if Patrick Mahomes could get, hundred yards rushing out of Delaire in a week. Huh? Balance in today's in today's game. Balance. Uh, Lamar threw like forty times the other night. Tom Brady throws damn near fifty times a night. Matthew Stafford throws like forty times a night. But they're yeah, the, but the Baltimore. But the Baltimore True. Ravens are the number one rushing team in the league. I'm confused because of Lamar. But that's because of Lamar. Lamar. Lamar had Who's the number? Yo, he's No, and I and but I'm saying but I'm saying like. It's also like they also do design runs for him too, right? So it's like balance in terms of like they run and they pass. And because Lamar is that type of quarterback, though, that's not balance. It's just he can make those plays. 
Yeah, he can make those plays. It doesn't matter if you go out there to throw it. He can still run. It doesn't have to be designed. Okay, okay. So take all right. So take so take the 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 Baltimore Ravens because they're a special case. You're trying to tell me that most of the playoff teams are just a pass happy offense. They don't have balance. Uh, on look at the Cowboys. Bro. I mean, I, 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 uh, run. except except for this past week. Look at the yeah, Cowboys, what? bro. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that look at the Cowboys, 50, bro. He throwing for fifty what do you, every what? game. The Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott is one of the best tandems in the league right now. What are we talking Look about? Look how many run play, I, That's cool. I, I, this past week, yeah, Zeke finally went off for a buck 30. That's cute. But if you watch, that's been throwing. Okay, against the Chargers. I can't say, hold on. I guess the Chargers, the Chargers when they won, it was 20 draw. Okay, a Tony Pollard rushed for 100 yards and Zeke had a two touchdown. So, what are we talking about? He only won by three. Yo, listen, you're not listening. But I'm saying that there's a battle. One at a time. One at a time. Way more right now, bro. They're throwing the ball way more. You know it's crazy when Dak Prescott is throwing 50 plus passes. He ain't do that yet in his career until this year. Okay. He, yeah, he did that again. He did that in the first game of the season against the Buccaneers, right? 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 Okay. He, he did cool. that. The, took the L too. He, he, so, he, he did ooh. that in the first game. Yeah, and, and he took the L. So I'm trying to understand in the games where they have more of a balance, they don't. I mean, mind you, they haven't played a, a Buccaneers level team yet. But I'm saying anybody knows how to win the game, Chargers. Exactly, and they ran the ball, and when they ran the ball, they won. So what are we talking about? <laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna end it off Yo, here. We're gonna end I it never here. said they never couldn't run the ball. Can I just say one more thing? I'm the whole, the whole entire time. point. I'm, I'm the only only trying thing I'm trying to say is I'm saying Patrick Mahomes can only do the, the original conversation was about Patrick Mahomes and how like why never is he not doing as well. thrown three years ago? Now it's a problem. But the defense is the cause of his problem. Like when he's thriving, I don't hear no other. I hear Pat Mahomes only when he's starving. I don't hear, oh, forget the run game. I don't hear Andy Reid. I don't hear none of our. I just hear all Pat Mahomes. But when he's down against his luck, it's some. It's not only Pat Mahomes. It's something else. Like I just don't get it. Okay, so in years past, and Rodgers was the for seven games. I couldn't tell. In year, in years past, right when the Chiefs were on the success. Were they not close? Were they not close games? Were like, like in the in the in the uh in the yeah in the playoffs the, they the, came the, back like twice, right? In the in the Patriots game when they lost in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs couldn't get the Patriots off the field. And Patrick yeah, when Mahomes he played lived, him, when he played him, big boy quarterbacks is different for him, ain't it? <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes doesn't play defense. The Chiefs' defense plays. What are you talking about? He it's lost different. by one. Yeah, point. but you have to but keep up though. Exactly, but your because job the Chiefs is defense can't get a stop. So if Patrick you, Mahomes isn't perfect on offense, they went to overtime to in the game. They went to overtime. With uh, the exactly. What, what was the about? score though? What was the score though? But he was keeping it was up. Over- okay, it, he was. They were winning. To be honest, they were. You're not. You're not. You're not. Hold on. You're not. But here's my point. Here's my point. You're never gonna be like the Chiefs defense was so dominant. Patrick Mahomes didn't have to do nothing. You're never gonna go like the Chiefs. Running game well, took over. He always has to do they something. They, bro, they the always ball. throw the ball though. Like they don't even run the ball to because, run the clock. Because, they always throw it. Because, because it, it isn't a reliant. The last time they tried to run the ball to take the game against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football, Clyde Edwards fumbled. fumbled. You trying to tell Lamar me Lamar fumbled twice <laughs> against the Raiders? He fumbled like, come twice. On, bro. Everybody fumbled, fumbled twice. Sure did. Yeah, fumbled on the Colts. Everybody fumbled on Monday. Fumbled on Monday. I'm just saying. One by one. One by one. One by one. Mark, go ahead. Ball because he fumbled. That's what you're telling me. What are you talking about? That's what they did. That, I mean, I'm saying they're not running the ball through Clyde Edwards-Alaire in tough situations because he has a, he's fumbled a couple times this year, and you lose trust, and they don't have a solid backup. I mean, what did they do, the Bucks do last year when I forget uh, who plays opposite uh, Leonard Fournette, but the other boy he had a fumbling problem, and as soon as he started he fumbling, it, they he took just him did it out. a couple weeks ago. You fumble, you get sit down for a couple snaps, you get one more chance. You do it again, you I see you next week. That's that's simple. That's all you got to do. Okay, hold on. Bro. So if Patrick Mahomes though, Patrick Mahomes threw like an interception late in the game, they didn't pull him. They just get back out there. <laughs> I understand that when it comes to when I said when it comes to Mahomes, it's like confused. it's like a pass or like it's there's some I don't, other. I don't think there's so. some other thing. Everybody throws an interception late in the game. Everybody fumbles late in the game. It's a turnover. Turnovers happen. 
All right, guys, guys, we're gonna end it here. We'll 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 take it off and uh and privately, but thanks a lot uh for everyone to tomorrow night. Yeah, it's easy money for us, man. We're gonna take this double. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Uh, so that concludes episode 52 of the Restricted Zone podcast. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to my fellow co-hosts, everyone that um, that came on here. You made it lively and uh, exciting. It was definitely enjoyable. And hopefully the fans will think the same too. Thanks a lot for everyone following us on Instagram, uh, streaming us on whether it be Apple, Spotify, Anchor, et cetera. We really appreciate it. Uh, it keeps us motivated to keep going, be consistent. Uh, and definitely, uh, you can also send us requests on our uh, Instagram page and whether what topics that you would like for us to cover, and we will do that. Uh, so thanks a lot to everyone. Have a great day, and definitely be excited for Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs>